1: this is the story of harry's for decades one big razor company has relentlessly increased prices and reaped immense profits at the expense of its customers then one day an ordinary guy got ripped off buying razors he was so fed up that he and his best friend started a company to fix shaving they called it harry's by taking less profit and selling online harry's can offer quality blades for less You can even get Harry's 5-Blade Razor and Shave Gel for free when you sign up. Just cover shipping. Click or go to harrys.com and enter code RAZOR at checkout. That's RAZOR, R-A-Z-O-R.
3: prospect podcast, Clay Lang alongside lead prospect writer, James Anderson, shout out to new day N E U D A E, for the song comb over that we're using as our intro this season. Going to be taking a spin through the Southern league, uh, touching on your latest farm futures piece, James, your Southern league hitters roundup, a lot of, a lot of interesting names in the Southern league. Uh, we'll get to most of them. Also going to be grading out big pun. I remember when we were grading out groups, we graded out, uh, what the hell is that group? Terror Squad. And we kind of touched on Big Pun. He raised the, the grades there quite a bit, but uh, it'll be interesting. And, and finally, it'll be fair to, to Big Pun to give him his own grades, I think.
4: Yeah, exactly. Uh, we were kind of throwing around the idea that someone requested that we grade Sean Paul. You, you know, get to him. We, we'll accept... Requests, but that doesn't mean we're gonna necessarily abide by requests. <laughs> and in in this scenario, yeah. we decided to leave that one on the shelf.
3: Now, we were talking about Youngbloods so though, kind of recently. <laughs> I mean, they had some some. Good well, he stuff. wasn't
4: talking about Youngblood Sean Paul. He was talking about like
3: reggaeton. Oh, like, reggaeton Sean Paul. Sean Paul. Yeah, I was thinking of SPE, SP, but okay. <laughs> well, that uh, yeah, that so, maybe, I was gonna say we'll get maybe, to it, but maybe we maybe, won't maybe, get to it. Maybe ever. down the maybe. road. We do appreciate it, the interaction on Twitter. But, yes, what we'll, we'll take request does not nece- necessarily mean uh, we'll touch on that wrapper. But Big pun will be interesting. Uh, the Fat Joe really weighed down his grades when we were talking terror squad. But start out uh, with Southern League hitters. Dansby Swanson, in particular, got that assignment to Mississippi early on in the season. Definitely holding his own, 254, 336, uh, 404, five homers, three doubles, uh, eight or I'm sorry, eight doubles, three triples, three for four in stolen base attempts. Ozzy Albies, of course, ahead of him uh in the organization at triple well, A. Well,
4: I I don't know if you saw the news like it came down uh hour or two ago, but uh Ozzy Albee's actually demoted demote? back to double A in order to work next to Dansby Swanson up the middle second. wow! and Albies is is now the the second baseman of the future with Swanson firmly slotted in as their shortstop of the future which is huge news mm-hmm. if you're a Swanson owner you you get to know uh, and feel comfortable knowing that that Swanson's going to stick at shortstop that had kind of been a question given that Albies and him were kind of regarded as similar defensive options at short uh Albies you know still decently valuable uh, dynasty league option but now you know that he's going to be playing at the, the less valuable of the two positions uh it also the fact that they could have just promoted swanson to AAA and had the two play together mm-hmm. there the fact that they sent albies back down does kind of give you a kind of a, a hint that neither guy is is all that close to getting promoted to the big mm-hmm. leagues i would say september at the earliest uh for for both guys this year um but then I, I think in 2017 you're going to see those two up up the middle for a good chunk of the season mm. and you know swanson's numbers aren't kind of crazy uh the way that like a guy like alex bregman's are at the same level from the same class uh roughly the same age but swanson's playing at a, a tougher environment mississippi's not an easy place to hit the, the southern league in general is pretty fair uh, mississippi on the, the kind of the lower end there so you know i think the fact that he is, is still more than kind of holding his, his head above water and uh, sticking at shortstop long-term. I mean, he's a guy that I'm still really high on.
3: Yeah, he's definitely an uh, uh, interesting prospect, of course, and one of the top prospects in the game. Has that good face, as you mentioned here. Uh, looks like a star in the making. Well, Was it Albies? Just getting back to him for a second. I know they're sending him back down to you know, get acclimated to second base, but... Do you know how his production was uh, with Gwinnett? Uh, he'd
4: started to kind of come around At initially when he got there. He he went through a, a bit of a rough patch, but, you know, the numbers weren't so bad that I think he warranted a demotion. I just think <laughs> that they, they wanted the two guys to play together, uh, and they wanted to kind of have an extra spot on that AAA roster to kind of toggle guys back and forth between the big league club. I think you'll see Swanson and Albie's head back up to Gwinnett uh, sometime in the second half here, together as as kind of a package uh, promotion, and then uh, maybe they maybe they both get a taste of the big leagues towards the end of the season when rosters expand. But but that's not a not a lock by any means.
3: Because mm-hmm. I know Albie's is on the forty man and Swanson is as well. So uh, yeah, I think we could see them. Plus, I think you know they're they're kind of bottoming out as an organization right now. But next year they have that new park opening. Uh, I know they're not going to be competitive next year, but at least give, you know, inject some excitement into that fan base with guys like Swanson and Albies. Uh, It'll be interesting. But just while we're on the topic of the Braves, do you think they move Tehran and and Aratus Viscaino? Uh,
4: Yeah, I think it it would be kind of silly not to. They're not a team. You know, I think uh, teams like the Phillies and the Brewers are a little bit further ahead in terms of their rebuilding process than the Braves are just in in the sense of having some of those guys that are going to be on the the 85-90 win teams either at the big league level or very close to it the Braves I still think a a good chunk of their long-term nucleus is in kind of the the middle of the minor leagues right now Mm -hmm. um you know that they Tehran realistically isn't going to be on the team when they're back to being a contender. I don't think so. I think it, you might as well move him now, and then Vizque, you know, I mean, there's no sense in holding relievers if you're rebuilding. So I think I think they both could be on the move.
3: Yeah, even you know he's really young, of course. Vizcaino, you know, both both of them are, but it uh, if, yeah, with yeah, the, relievers the reliever it just it like doesn't. That, matter. Yeah, you gotta you gotta get a piece for him. And Tehran, I know they said, at least the, the president of baseball ops there kind of said that. Uh, probably not going to be moving him i mean that could be a tactic to you know gain some leverage there but i think you know you got to sell high on tehran right now especially after last year and where he's at right now i think you get absolutely huge haul for him
4: also worth noting i mean you don't they could wait till the offseason i mean they did get that crazy fleece job with with shelby miller last offseason so Mm -hmm. you know there's always you know the 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 free agent market this off season is not impressive at all, especially in, in terms of starting pitchers. I mean, Rich Hill might be the most uh, the, the best the best free agent pitcher available possibly. So, you know, if, if you're willing to offer Tehran this winter, you could still get quite the haul. Maybe they want to give him the rest of the season, see if he can't up his stock a little bit. But I definitely think he's not on the roster by opening day next year.
3: Let's move on to Willie Adams uh, of the Rays. You, you say here, just straight up, you're dead wrong about Adamus coming into the season. Production has been impressive: three sixty-five on base, four seventy-two slug, eight homers, eight for ten stolen base attempts. Uh, I mean, the the K to walk is really impressive. But what were you most wrong about with his offensive profile?
4: I wasn't as sold in the power and the approach kind of taking the steps forward that they've taken this year. Uh, the power is kind of, you know, I, I could have totally bought into him having eight homers at this point in the season, but I would not have guessed that it would have come with an improved walk rate and like a, a major improvement in the, the K rate down mm-hmm. for, down to 20% from 27% at, at high a last year. Just making huge strides. He's got power to all fields, which is pretty pretty uh, rare for a 20 year old shortstop at Double A. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a guy. I probably have him too too high right now, or not high enough, I guess. In the the top 200, uh, I think you could honestly make a legit case that he's a better dynasty league uh, asset than Dansby Swanson at the moment. I mean, you compare the two; wow, really? uh, they're both probably going to stick at shortstop I mean Swanson's probably a better bet I, I still think Adamas probably does stick at short and you look at him he's two years younger than Swanson production's been better I mean there's yeah. there's certainly an argument there and I, I do think Adamas has more long-term power projection than Swanson I'd probably take Swanson's hit tool uh, you know they're probably going to end up being fairly similar from a speed department or in, in the speed department but uh, this is definitely a guy that, you know, if you have him right now, you're obviously very happy with how everything's worked out. Probably, you know, it'd be worth just kind of sniffing around on his owner, seeing what he what he wants for him. Maybe his owner is competing this year, and Adamus mm-hmm. is one of his top prospects, and you could use him to kind of get another piece to try to win this year. He'd be a great guy to try to acquire. I think he could end up being a cornerstone.
3: Yeah, I'm actually thinking I might have to do that in scale too, because some one of the contenders has Adamus on their team. Maybe it's Taperzer. He, he can be a little stingy, <laughs> as he should be in trades. But you, you got a good lead there. How are you feeling about Staff League 2? I think I'm, it leads about 10 roto points. I, am,
4: oh, I was feeling a lot more optimistic before the Kershaw injury. I mean, oh, Kershaw yeah. lands on the DL today. He's not going to come off until at least uh the first series after the all-star break so that's gonna cost me a couple kershaw starts but uh you know cautiously optimistic getting rich hill back this week so i'm just gonna plug him in take kershaw out um i i like where i'm at i'm not gonna lie (laughs) it's it's very it's at the point i think right now where if i if i didn't win the league i'd i'd have uh some big time big time tilt this offseason
3: yeah, I, I kind of – well, I added a really big core piece last week in Xander Bogart's feeling good about, about that core, but I just feel like shaking it up, dealing <laughs> off some some pieces. I mean, a package, maybe Carter and Zach Britton, a couple of expiring deals for – I mean, that's the thing. When they're expiring, just getting one top 100, maybe 50 to 100 type of prospect for two expiring deals is something I would consider because I'm – quickly falling and i wasn't you know i kind of waved the white flag recently bernie leaped me <laughs> props to bernie shout
4: out What's to it? bernie
3: Bernie, i know he's making a push i'd like stage, it if right?
4: you if you want to try to maybe target some of those guys that Think they're competing, but really aren't competing with guys like Britton. I'd appreciate it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Start at the bottom of the contender yeah, I'm standings, for you. and then uh, and then maybe maybe end up having to work your way up and talk to Dvr or yeah. Ryan Eisner about those guys. But
3: see, I wanted to make the seat warm for you so that you may think about moving Gallo at some point. But I, I know that you've been really hesitant to do that. I
4: don't really envision that happening.
3: (laughs) What do you think about Gallo just while we're on the topic? Is he going to? Because we were doing updated top 350 major league ranks for the rest of the season. Got to find a spot for Gallo in there.
4: Well, I don't know if you know it. I scooped him up for us in Maine. Uh, nice. for, for for a
3: buck. I didn't check our pickups this week.
4: I threw a dollar bid out there for Gallo. I mean, I like we're, we're we've sunk like a, just an absolute oh, crazy. rock, and like crazy. I feel like at that point, why not just grab a guy like Gallo and just mm. take a take a shot on that that slim shot that he somehow finds every day at bats in the second half.
3: I mean, he's playing well enough right now to to really kind of deserve an audition. I'd say, even though that team is in the thick of it. The yeah
4: I, I will say he's you know ever since i ranked him uh as the number one prospect on the updated top 200 his his swing and miss ways have really kind of returned over the last week or so uh 10 days or so maybe uh just striking out a ton of late not not overly concerned about that though i think he's still made enough good strides in that department still getting on base at a 391 clip so uh, you know, if I was filling out a top th- or a top three fifty rest of the season, I might throw him in towards the, the back fifty or so, just as a guy. Where like, hey, you know, do you want to do you want to roster this, you know, random starter fourth starter guy, or mm-hmm. do you want to roster a guy like Gallo who could hit ten fifteen homers in the second half? I mean, there's there's obviously guys that he could replace in terms of playing time. Uh, Mitch Moreland you know if if Prince Fielder doesn't get things turned around and they have serious aspirations of contending they might want to think about giving Gallo some of his at-bats too but there also there's a chance maybe they unload someone from that big league roster or even Gallo himself at the trade deadline mm-hmm. and you know if Gallo gets traded to that team like say the Brewers or something like that then you should just
3: hold not hope
4: <laughs> then then I mean he's gonna get a good chunk of big league at bats I think in yeah. the second half so that his his best bet is either him or Profar getting dealt I think at the deadline and that way yeah. it it opens up a spot for him
3: I I really do think one of those two or if not both will be on the move but let's move on to Ian Happ he's just recently joined the Southern League uh, promoted from high A Myrtle Beach off to a really nice start uh, through 15 at bats with, with Tennessee I saw somebody in the comments ask you though about his move to second base anything you can add uh, or tell us uh, with as far as that goes.
4: So when he got drafted, uh, if I'm remembering right, I think it was second base was one of the positions that people were just kind of speculating on. He, you know, he's one of those guys that gets gets drafted, and no one's really quite sure where the Cubs are going to try to develop him. Uh, played some outfield last year. Played most played mostly second base this year. Some left field. You know, long term, I don't really think it matters a ton because I think he's going to maintain eligibility at multiple positions if he stays with the Cubs, kind of the way that a guy like Javi Baez, uh, Ben Zobris have been used this year, Hap's versatility, even if it's not at kind of elite defensive positions. I think it's still something that they would value heavily. That said, I don't think it's a lock that he sticks with the Cubs, and I think that he's the type of guy – that you could look at as someone who could headline uh, an Andrew Miller trade if they wanted to go that route at the deadline because they just they they're at a point where they just have too many uh duplicate pieces that are in either the upper levels or on the big league roster. You know, they have what probably close to like 10 outfielders above <laughs> above uh low A at this point who profile as everyday players. Plus, Swaggy V. Swaggy V. Sitting, sitting out there. I mean, he he needs to get to an AL team. Uh, they might. I mean, I, I don't think they want to trade Kyle Schwarber, but if they're not going to trade Kyle Schwarber, then they should definitely trade uh, someone like Hap or maybe even a guy like Billy McKinney, who we're going to get to in a minute. Where you just you don't have enough room for all these guys. H- Hap to me is got to be lower than than someone like Javi Baez on the organizational. Ranks in terms of who they value right now. So, you already have two guys in Zobrist and Bias that can move all around the diamond. Chris Bryant's shown that he can move all around the diamond. So, Haps' versatility, it's almost kind of wasted on this current Cubs team. So, I, I would consider just throwing him out there to a team like the Yankees, and just I think that's a fair swap. You know, you get Andrew Miller back for a double A hitter, a ton of promise, but you know he's mm-hmm. he's recently gotten to double A. So I mean, there's enough risk there where you're not giving away just like this this elite premium prospect back. So I, I think that's a that's a pretty fair
3: swap. Yeah, I mean, I was gonna say, I mean, Hap plus Swaggy V would get it done for sure. Oh yeah, but it might not even take that much. I, I think I, Swaggy with the Yankees, or I guess really any AL team, but as a lefty hitter in that park would be a pretty nice fit.
4: Yeah, no doubt. I I want Swaggy to get traded in a big way because he's big league ready, I think. I think mm. if the Cubs were in the AL and they did have a DH spot, I think he'd already be up with the big league club. They just don't have anywhere to
3: play him. Those two really are spare parts for that organization because, I mean, I know there's talk that Javi Baez could be moved, and maybe that's still on the table, but... Uh, I think I feel that like that much rather move half
4: right. I think that's kind of coming off the table a little bit. The more bias continues to just good. impress, and yeah. it's not. It's kind of what he's doing at the plate right now. It's just kind of been gravy because the stuff he's pulling in the field on a nightly basis, that's it swag. seems, is just he's insane. He's got eighty sway, yeah, by the and way. he's got eighty instincts on yeah. on the diamond. I mean he he's just always in the right place, always just making like the crazy highlight plays look super easy uh can play really anywhere on the field that you Mm -hmm. want him to play i mean he's he's just the the type of guy that i think any team would love to have i think the cubs are just happy even though they can't give him the regular at bats at shortstop that he probably deserves i think they're just happy to have him around and and even if they're not maximizing his value i think that that's that he's just a guy that they don't want to move
3: yeah he really kind of you know last year was kind of a down year it was kind of a I mean, he dealt with some personal a uh, personal tragedy but he I think he really grew a lot as a player and as a person last year and kind of showed that organization uh what he's made of upstairs but you know I think you know getting a, an MLB logo tatted on your neck <laughs> while you're still like what like double A or low A or something <laughs> like that's that's ultimate swag right there
4: yeah no that's That's big time. Mm -hmm. I I mean, I've I've always loved Baez. uh, Just, you know, watching him show out in the Futures game a couple years ago with Joey Gallo, just destroying food carts out in the the stands. (laughs) Uh, He's a guy that I was actually kind of considering, like, trying to acquire in Dynasty Leagues right now Mm -hmm. because, you know, he's having an okay season. I think at the end of the year you're going to look at his numbers and be be pretty happy with what he kind of gives you across the board. I still think that bat is going to take a couple big jumps forward over the next three or four years. I mean, it's just so much talent, mm-hmm. uh, so much bat speed that grand Slammy hit the other night on just a pitch that he, he takes that pitch on the off the plate to, to center field. I mean, how, how many guys can hit that ball out to, yeah. to center? I mean, that, that was insane. Yeah. Uh, just in, incredible strength, incredible wrists. I, I, I'm still really high on him long-term as a hitter. Yeah,
3: absolutely. Well, we'll jump to a player in the Brewers organization, your team here, Jacob Nottingham. Guy I liked, especially, you know, given the just dire state of the catcher position. It's absolutely terrible, and he is faring well with Biloxi uh, pretty well. Not hitting for, uh, I mean, the slugging percentage doesn't look good with seven homers, and when you're talking, he's got a little speed too, four stolen bases. and When you're talking about, some power speed and a decent hit tool at the catcher position. There's really not uh, another player like that that you're going to find in the minor leagues. Am I right?
4: Well, yeah, I I think people like he's a, he's a prime guy to try to buy low on if, if his owner just doesn't really understand what they have in him. You know, he's 21. Mm -hmm. He just turned 21 this year in April and he's holding his own at double A as a catcher where a a bat first catcher Mm -hmm. who the organization seems to think can stick there. The, the seven home runs doesn't even come close to illustrating the type of raw power this guy has. I mean, he's got light tower power. Uh, Wilson Contreras, I kind of compared him to him in the article, you know, Contreras is three years older than Nottingham and is was raking at triple a comes up and is having success and you know nobody would even think to kind of compare the two guys based on what they've been doing in the minor leagues this year but let's just say say like nottingham repeats double a which i don't think is going to happen but if they sent him back to double a next year he'd still be uh he'd still be like two years behind or two years ahead of where Contreras was developmentally he would absolutely abuse southern league pitching in a second go-round and then would that make him a better prospect you know i think i think you have to kind of look at what he's doing right now as a 21 year old and project like well what would he what's he going to be doing next year where is he going to be what's he going to be doing two years from now where is he going to be and i think you're looking at a guy that could be a top five fantasy catcher in in three or four years and it might take him you know he might spend the rest of the year at double a may may spend a, a chunk of next year at double a maybe spends all the year at triple a next year but then in in 2018 i mean this is this is going to be a, a legit guy that's that's put up big numbers especially at Colorado Springs next year um i i'm just really excited to sort of see how he continues to develop because the power is very legit i think he can hit 260 270 something like that uh, get on base enough to kind of profile as a as a number five or number six hitter in a solid big league lineup. Mm-hmm. Uh, just really kind of excited to to see how he develops in the coming years.
3: Yeah, I love that trade for the Brewers getting him in. Uh, and he, look, there are other you know intriguing, uh, impressive catching prospects in the minors. But developing catching prospects is just so hard. Uh, at least offensively, the rigors of the position, the fact that they got to sit every few days. Uh, but then you look at Nottingham, and he—I just think he's, you know, the safest, you know, hitting catcher in the minors. And there's really not—I mean, Alfaro maybe is up there, but I don't think uh, uh, there's another player with fewer question marks. So yeah, I mean, we saw him picked up for in the auction part of our our keeper league this year, and I think he should be valued as. I you know I don't really know where exactly where you have him, but kind of easily top seventy-five type of prospect.
4: Yeah, I think I have him in the. 50s or so mm-hmm. uh <clears throat> you know i think gary sanchez is is fairly safe i i wouldn't yeah, sanchez is i wouldn't put jorge alfaro in the safe category at all i'd put him in no. the, the high upside category for sure yeah. but uh um, yeah i mean i i just think you know this is a guy who he could have a complete you could just crap the bed the rest of the year and i wouldn't really even care that much i mm-hmm. mean he's 21 he's at double a like yeah, just those How many?
3: concerns that come with most catching prospects. Really, I don't really have them with, with not again. No. I mean, maybe proximity, maybe they, they slow play them, but that actually might be good for him, given his age. Exactly. Guys, a quick word from our sponsor. Do you need a website? Why not do it yourself with Wix.com? No matter what business you're in, Wix.com has something for you. Used by more than 84 million people worldwide, Wix.com makes it easy to get your website live today. You need to get the word out about your business. It all starts with a stunning website. With hundreds of designer made customizable templates to choose from, the drag and drop editor, there is no coding needed. You don't need to be a programmer or designer to create something beautiful. You can do it yourself with Wix.com. Wix.com empowers business owners to create their own professional websites every day. When you're running your own business, you're bound to be busy. Too busy. Too busy worrying about your budget. Too busy scheduling appointments. Too busy to build a website for your business. And because you're too busy, It has to be easy, and that's where Wix.com comes in. With Wix.com, it's easy and free. Go to WIX.com to create your own website today. The result is stunning. Well, let's jump to Brad Phillips, organizational mate there with Nottingham at Uh, 11 homers, 5 or 7 in stolen base attempts. Is he somebody that we we see higher on real-life prospect ranks than we do fantasy ranks?
4: You know, I don't know if anyone really knows what to make of Phillips' uh evolution as a as a prospect since he got traded from the Astros because he's completely changed as hmm. as a player. Like his his K rate has almost doubled since he came over uh to the Brewers and his batting average has suffered because of it, but the power he's showing is incredibly impressive i mean he he had 15 homers in 66 games for the ashes in 2015 but those those hitting conditions were just on another level than what he's dealing with right now at biloxi and so i mean he's really consciously selling out for power i think Hmm. and i just i don't really know what to make of it in terms of what the brewers kind of end game is here I, I obviously i don't think they expected him to strike out at, at the rate he is right now almost 32 percent um
3: do you think they told him to I try I, to focus more on power i
4: definitely think you have to assume they did just based hmm. on just looking at the drastic change since the trade uh but he's, he's also walking i mean he's just kind of becoming sort of a weird three true outcomes center fielder which is which is kind of weird and uh unusual i i like that he's showing that he could, he's he got 20 plus power or homer power in that bat but um might be kind of looking like a better real life like you said real life player than fantasy player because it's going to be a lot of obp not so much uh, not a ton of batting average hmm. and you know he's not running as much as he did back in 2014 so i think you can kind of erase any notions of him being a 20 plus steel guy and honestly, he he's probably not going to stick at center field long term. And that might, maybe that's why that they wanted to kind of go this route is to, for him to stick in left or stick in right, he was going to need to offer a bit more power. And th- this is kind of their way of trying to coax that out of him. I, I wouldn't be feeling all that great about owning him right now in a dynasty league because mm-hmm. I think, honestly, I think Corey Ray is – Probably right where right where Phillips is developmentally. Mm-hmm. I think he raised that advance. Ray got assigned to high A. Uh, he's he's heading to high A this weekend. Wow. Uh, most advanced assignment of anyone in the draft, and so he's he's kind of nipping on Phillips' heels here a little bit. Um, yeah,
3: that's pretty wild. I didn't know he was going to high A right away. Yeah. Uh,
4: <clears throat> so I'm. I don't know. I just don't really know what to make of Brett Phillips at the moment. I think he's. Yeah. We'll we'll see him maybe towards the end of next year. I think we definitely should not expect to see him up this year, especially with just the, the contact issues he's having.
3: Um Yeah, I had a chance to acquire him in a keeper league earlier this season, but he was like uh like Nottingham wasn't our staff too, he was purchased in the auction mm-hmm. and I just felt, you no. know, if I can't stash him in a minor league spot, it's, no it's just not worth it.
4: All right, that's I think you made the right call there.
3: Let's jump to Tyler O'Neal in the Mariners organization. He's with Double A Jackson right now, really beating the door down for a promotion. 310, 371, 532 with 13 homers, uh, 20 doubles, 5 for 6 in stolen base attempts. How high has he risen on your, your personal, well, in public, because there are sites ranks, but on your prospect ranks?
4: Uh, he's risen a ton. I I honestly didn't have him ranked coming into the year, because I just had so many questions about you know how much how much did the cow league impact his numbers uh was he was striking out a ton you know he put he had thirty thirty two homers last year at, at high a uh struck out thirty thirty point five percent clip. I just wasn't really sure how much to buy into to to those numbers, and he's really made improvements big big time improvements in the the contact rate while maintaining the the crazy production i think he's he's the real deal honestly i mean he he just turned 21 i wrote that you know he's nobody in the the southern league in terms of the hitters deserve a promotion more than he does and of course his teammate uh, dj peterson then goes and gets promoted today to triple a so i was wrong about that but i I do think o'neal is is not long for for double a he's certainly earned another step up the organizational ladder and I I think he's the Mariners top prospect right now.
3: Hmm. Yeah, not a ton in that organization but got to be very encouraged with with what O'Neill's done to this point. Let's talk about Casey Gillaspie, uh of the Rays. I mean, he's a you know, switch hitter, 9 homers already, th- 3 for 4 in stolen base, 49 to 63 walk to K. Uh you know, I think he was a Early early selection in the 2015 draft. Am I right?
4: Uh, uh, Twenty four. I want to say 2014. Okay. Well, either way, I mean but, yeah, he's uh, definitely
3: impressive. Is he uh, like O'Neill rising up your ranks? He's he's
4: risen a little bit. I, I think I had him ranked before the year, uh, but he's he's definitely kind of doubled down on last year's production at Low A. He's tough to rank because he's 23 and a half, basically he's a, a small school guy you know so it it's not like he's young for the level or anything i mean last year you could almost kind of throw out that production cuz he was 22 and at low a and mm. did he, he did about what you'd expect a first round pick first baseman to do at low a as a 22 year old mm-hmm. and this year he's kind of continued to do that although he just completely jumped high A in the developmental process. I mean, he, he played 13 games there at the end of last year, and they sent him right to double A this year. So it is a bit more impressive that he he basically jumped a, a step and was able to kind of continue this this level of production. He's got that kind of classic first baseman walk to strikeout rate right there with the big OBP potential. Uh, going to be interesting to just kind of see what the power ends up becoming at the big league level. Is it going to be – 20 25 homer power or is it going to be 30 homer power i mean that's kind of the big determining factor as to how valuable he's going to be for dynasty mm-hmm. leagues because he's not going to be a crazy high average guy i i mentioned in the piece that i could see him sort of becoming kind of a justin Bour type of player which obviously has value in all formats not a not a superstar by any stretch but a guy that in deeper leagues might be a, a low-end 1b and in standard leagues is a, is a solid corner and field guy
3: very nice. Well, Glasskey, I assume going to be stuck at, at first base or DH. Jake Bauer is moving to the outfield this year, which you know eases concerns about you know the bat having to play at a certain level. But the bat's playing pretty well right now: eight homers, uh, three sixty-six on base. What does the move to the outfield do for his long-term fantasy value?
4: I mean, it makes him a prospect you can buy into. Mm-hmm. I didn't really buy into him as a guy that was going to hit for enough power to really profile at first base and now that he's in the outfield and and doing pretty well out there i think he's got the potential to be like a top 40 outfielder mm-hmm. in, in mixed leagues so that's definitely a guy you got to keep your eye on you know high 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 average good hit tool really good on base skills a uh, little bit of speed you know might might be kind of a 15 homer or 10-steel guy with, with a ton of runs, maybe bats first or second in a lineup. Um, Going to be kind of a, a across-the-board solid contributor, not, not really elite in any one category except for maybe average in runs.
3: Nice. Well, you, you mentioned Billy McKinney kind of in passing earlier. Disappointing season to this point. Walk rate is up, but the rest of the offense is kind of backslid. Uh, are you souring on McKinney or is this just kind of regular growing pains that you, you have to expect I mean I don't I don't
4: think there's any way of kind of looking at what he's done this year and not souring on him a little bit just because you know I would if you had just shown me this list of players this Southern League list before the season and asked me to pick who was going to have the highest batting average of the group I would have either said Swanson or McKinney and mckinney's obviously not in that uh, realm right now um you know maybe but i mean has he been playing hurt we don't really know that uh is he trying to work on something specifically that that maybe is, is leading to these struggles I, i'm not really sure the lack of power is concerning because to me i look at that guy and he's he's really built uh He's got quick wrists. He should be able to drive the ball. I mean, he, he was never going to be a 25, 30 homer guy, but I always thought he could be a 15, 20 homer guy, and, mm-hmm. and he's not really looking like that right now. He's still uh, still young for the level, so I'm not not writing him off by any means. Still a top 200 prospect for me, but someone who I I, def- I definitely think you got to be kind of concerned about and, and kind of a little – little worried about if he's someone that you really had as part of your long-term plans in the outfield
3: definitely check out the full farm futures piece com slash pod for free 10 day trial no credit card required no strings attached we will move on to grade out big pun but before we do any other prospects you mentioned and the rest of the piece that you want to touch on quick
4: yeah i mean just you know i did i did say dj peterson did just get promoted to triple a today uh don't really think he's an option to help much this season um i think they just kind of felt that given his age i mean he he's going to turn 25 in the off-season. they wanted to give him a good half season at triple a just so that he could kind of show what he's what he's got there dustin peterson his younger brother drafted in the same class dustin was a high school uh, outfielder peterson at the time was a college third baseman uh, dj was always kind of seen as the bigger prospect dustin to me is is the better prospect at the moment he's a couple years younger than DJ, put up basically the same numbers, and he's an outfielder. DJ Peterson's obviously a first baseman or a DH. So if you were to own one of the two Petersons, to me it's Dustin, who's in the Braves system. He probably gets a look late next year. And just given their lack of overall uh, outfield talent in the system, right, like near to the big league outfield talent, I think he does get probably a full season at some point to kind of show whether or not he's got it.
3: In the others of note, you got a trio of Reds prospects at at Pensacola. (laughs) None of them deserved deserved a write-up. No, (laughs) I wouldn't say so. Uh, Blandino we saw in the Fall League really struggling. Uh, Yikes. And Phil Irvin, who had a bounce-back year last year, kind of getting back in his old ways, is running, but is is that speed really going to play once he reaches the majors?
4: I don't know how long it's going to play. I don't know what he you know i think long term he's just a guy that he, he's probably peaked already as a mm. runner he's still got it uh, and at least enough instincts on the bases to be successful at double a against double a batteries but yeah i i just don't know what he does well enough on on either side of the ball to to make it as a regular i mean he, mm. he'll probably get a shot just given where the reds are at but uh don't expect that batting average to be too high at all no. eric jack G- jagello uh man prize piece in that uh chapman <laughs> man what tr- when you trade aroldis chapman <laughs> i mean hey they really got ricky davis too it's insane dude it like, is crazy think about what the yankees are gonna get for aroldis yeah at this trade deadline like it's gonna just obliterate that reds package which man, is, that
3: is so so bad they <laughs> like, just trade them last year like apparently the Diamondbacks wanted them we could see how the yeah. Diamondbacks would have probably given you like hose and training. I mean, could have just asked for Goldie. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> could have asked for Swanson. Yeah, maybe maybe wouldn't have gotten it done. But maybe you throw in Leak in there. I don't know. Anyway, we'll move on. Good stuff, James. We appreciate your insight. Let's let's grade Big Pond, Big Punisher. Uh, he's not a player. Uh, he just has sex a lot, but. Of course, R. I. P. To big pun, by the way, and you know the "It's So Hard" video, still one of my favorites. A lot of, a lot of celebrities paying tribute, An absolutely classic jam. I got a seventy on the lyric grade. You got a sixty. I mean, I really don't think you can, can make an argument that this isn't a plus plus tool. Yeah,
4: it was interesting. You, we, we were kind of flopped on the, the lyricism and the flow. I, I like the flow a tad more in the lyricism you like the lyricism a tad more in the flow um kind of one in the same though really i mean he he just had a very very unique flow Mm -hmm. obviously fat joe tried to bite said flow and (laughs) and profit off of it uh had some success doing so but you know there's he's kind of definitely a -a one-of-a-kind uh Mm -hmm. rapper and one of those guys that really is sort of synonymous i mean like you know le- latino rap i mean it hasn't mm-hmm. been really anyone even close to as impactful as as big pun was and in terms of fat rappers i mean only only biggie was probably more impactful
3: yeah and biggie was didn't really wasn't really obese to to the point that well nobody that has that i mean few humans are yeah and that really speaks <laughs> to and we'll get to it later but the swag rate how pun was able to have and biggie did too but he wasn't carrying as much weight, but Pun was just so cool, and yeah, he was. You know, spoke to the Latino uh, audience quite a bit, but I think he his message and his music really hit, hit home for a lot of a lot of people of, of multiple ethnicities. Uh, but yeah, flow. You, you mentioned we kind of have a I, had a six, here. I had
4: sixty lyricism, at seventy flow.
3: Flow is outstanding. Don't get me wrong. I just think the lyricism. Maybe overshadows it a little bit. I just think the rhyme scheme was excellent. I Maybe it's just, you know, it was unique, but maybe it just didn't have as much uniqueness with the flow uh, to warrant, warrant a higher grade for me. But longevity, of course, with his tragic passing, wasn't as wide as it should be. I got a 35, You got a 40 here. Uh, but then with Impact, with some of the Latino rappers and just rappers in general, especially from the late 90s, he had a pretty f- significant impact even in his short window
4: yeah i just i he's a guy that it sort of seems like there should have been almost more impact than mm-hmm. there was and i don't know it wasn't anything it wasn't his fault at all i just mm-hmm. don't really see any kind of impressive sort of like legacy that he left behind i or think anything fat like joe that. ruined it <laughs> yeah i mean yeah exactly like Big, like Jay Z kind of carried on Biggie's legacy, and Fat Joe carried on Big Pun's legacy. So I mean, so I mean, that, I mean that's, I mean that's kind of I think did too. But
3: no. <laughs> that's the thing. I think when, I think, Fat Joe really did damage, damages, <laughs> he did
4: irreparable damage <laughs> to Big Pun's legacy.
3: <laughs> it's you know we should grade Fat yeah. Joe sometime because be sometimes when I'm just in That'd a, a, fun a one. bitter mood, yeah, yeah. just crap all over him. But swag, I got an eighty. You got a seventy. It's been a while since I've given out an 80 swag grade, but just how he was able to be the player that he was and just be so cool. And, and it's actually funny as hell, too, in his raps. Uh, just all around high swag grades because really, in the end, the, the body weight didn't really define who Big Pun was. Yeah, I mean,
4: I think the the swag rate has kind of become the highlight of these in terms of where we're going to disagree and who's go, who's who's going to throw out the eighty this week. Like you know, I mean, I feel like it. Yeah. Usually, there someone goes a little over the top and throws out uh, an eighty, or you know, we, obviously the infamous. Incident. I had a
3: string of three straight eighty swags.
4: Oh, and I had the infamous incident with Shine where I gave Shine an eighty. Um, <laughs>
3: I mean, I. I deserve to to bump his swag right up, or I no, should have no, should have done no. that. Um, <laughs> but yeah,
4: I, I gave him a seventy. Uh, you know, I just I can't give someone that's just that obese an eighty on the swag. I mean, I give him a seventy because props for you know even finding a way to make that work physically, but. Um, <laughs> You know, I I just I can't I can't give you a, a straight up eighty when you're when you're pushing five bills.
3: You know, I loved how they had to edit out the little tongue movement he did in his video. Like they had to blur it out because it was that. Sexual. It, was too,
4: it was too explicit, <laughs> too,
3: too sexual and explicit. But look, I I haven't given I hadn't given out an eighty swag grade since Biggie, so I guess this is is kind of fitting here uh, with Big Pun. Overall, I got a sixty. You got a sixty as well. Really speaks highly. Uh, you got him on the same level as guy like Jadakiss. Uh, yeah, I have him ahead of guys like Dr. Dre, Talib Kwali, even you know, future. Same, same level as Kanye for me, actually. Big pun. I
4: think that's justifiable.
3: Yeah. Uh, you know, I was thinking, though, we, we graded Wayne a while ago. Thinking now, I don't know what it is. Maybe it just went too long between stretches of really listening hard on Wayne. But I listened to the Carter three the other day. I don't think that album holds up very well.
4: Carter three,
3: Mm -hmm. huh? Yeah, I mean that's
4: you know. I like the original Carter. I like Carter two is my favorite Carter. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think honestly, I think Carter three is probably my second favorite. But um, yeah, I mean he he is kind of taking it's definitely a fork in the road moment for him where he's going kind of down a different uh, kind of a more popular uh, level than, Mm -hmm. than I think he was on on Carter and Carter two.
3: Yeah, Carter Three just, you know, I don't know. I just I, randomly threw it in and it was just not hitting home like it used to.
4: I, I always thought that was a very, you know how there's albums that are just like really solid all the way through and then there's albums where it's like uh, five standouts. or six just bangers and the rest is kind of skippable. That's a, kind of how I always felt about Carter Three, where there were like five or six just like songs I really, really loved and then the rest I just kind of skipped over.
3: Yeah, you re- currently rocking a Yeezus shirt. That's pretty sweet. Any... Any new up and coming hip hop artists that, or just new releases from established artists that you uh, are looking forward to?
4: I don't know. I mean, I I honestly just kind of rely on Nick Whalen to, to let me know when when new music's out there because he's he's young and up on up on yeah. that stuff. I
3: see. I, I think there's too much of a gap between me and Whalen. I guess we're the same age, but uh, I, I guess I don't like Drake either. Well, I I've actually
4: become a, a you're gonna you might. You might uh, take issue with this and, and think less of me, but but here goes. I've actually been getting a little into to some of uh, what Young Thug's been putting out there. All right,
3: no, I um, I never really gave him much of a listen.
4: And then I I love Chance the Rapper's uh, album that he released this this past spring, and I mean I still think that's probably the best album released this year. So I've been still banging that a little bit.
3: My brother sends me a lot of Southern hip hop. Star Lido. Uh, I like Star Lido quite a bit. Ritz, uh, I've been listening to some of that. But uh, guys, if you got uh, a suggestion, recommendation for a, a rapper to grade, we'll take it into account. Not necessarily going to do it, but hit us up at Real JR Anderson at Clay W Link. We'll talk to you guys next week.
1: is the story of harry's for decades one big razor company has relentlessly increased prices and reaped immense profits at the expense of its customers then one day an ordinary guy got ripped off buying razors he was so fed up that he and his best friend started a company to fix shaving they called it harry's by taking less profit and selling online harry's can offer quality blades for less You can even get Harry's 5-Blade Razor and Shave Gel for free when you sign up. Just cover shipping. Click or go to harrys.com and enter code RAZOR at checkout. That's RAZOR, R-A-Z-O-R.
2: Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network.